You are now listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. Well, hello, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Conversationalist Podcast. This is episode 47. This is going to be a mainly a review of the Logan movie, and that's pretty much it. Um, I'm Jesse, and I'm here with Amanda. Hi. Um, and so... Uh, basically, um, we're just going to go over like what you, I mean, what you'd expect from the Logan movie, the basic synopsis, uh, you know, some of the stuff related to the, you know, the trailers, the little Easter egg movies that everybody expects that usually come at the end of a film and, uh, then just kind of get into, uh, like an overview of the movie. Um, there will be spoilers, so if you don't want that, then I guess don't listen, but, um, I mean... To me, it doesn't really matter whether you hear about this kind of shit or not. If you are, or if you're a fan, you're gonna go watch the movie anyways, even if you already know what to expect because it's about seeing it. And like, who cares if you know about it? You don't read a book and then be like, "No, oh, I'm not gonna watch the movie." You know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, with that said, um, Logan just released. Uh, I mean, technically Thursday, even though um, you know the worldwide release was yesterday. Um, in the, in the synopsis for the movie is that in the near future, uh, weary Logan cares for an ailing professor X in a hideout on the Mexican border. But Logan's attempts to hide from the world and his legacy are upended by a young, uh, or upended when a young mutant arrives being pursued by dark forces. Um, now I, I mean that, that, that is basically what it is, but... Yeah, that sums it up right there. Yeah, um... But the thing is, is... When you're thinking Logan, I mean, obviously, when the first trailer came out, you know, the music that's associated with it, a lot of the drama that's occurring, like, in the trailer, it immediately kind of sets itself apart from every other, like, X-Men movie that you've seen to date. You almost can't even call the Logan movie, like an X-Men movie because to me when you put all of the X-Men movies next to this movie it's like apples and oranges they're not alike in any way no it's very different um i mean aside from the fact that it you know it does have to do with you know characters in the X-Men universe and you know the whole Marvel universe in general um you know the it's a far cry uh why is it a far cry? Well, it's because most other previous X-Men movies were always rated PG-13 or below, which I think had something to do with it, but I do think in general that, um, you know, just some of the screenplays weren't that great. Uh, you know, you couple a not great screenplay with the PG-13 rating because, uh, you know, PG-13 rating because they're trying to, you know, keep... The movie available to a large audience so that they can make more money you know and you get the subpar previous x-men movies that you got but now we're now we have an r-rated movie thanks to deadpool um and this movie was excellent i mean it was able to you know delve deeper into the x-men universe be more dramatic um you know get the action that you're used to seeing from X-Men, X-Men movies, but I guess more Logan in general. Like, Logan has always been, like, a violent fighter. I mean, he uses fucking claws on his hands well, yeah. to, like, defeat his foes. And so, like, you know, in previous movies, you always see him call a slash at people, and they kind of like, Ugh! you know, kind of like when people, like, are shooting laser guns in Star Wars, or just <laughs> like, oh, and they just fall over. Yeah. You know, it was it was always like that, but, you know, then you actually, you actually get to see, you know, the, like... The legit action of like what you expect happens when you fight the Wolverine, um, you know. So that is is definitely a plus. And there are parts in the movie where he fucking kills people, and you're just like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> you're yeah, like, "Oh shit!" Cool. That was pretty gnarly. So, um, you know, with that said, uh, the very beginning of the movie, they uh, throw this trailer on you like right off the gate and so immediately you're expecting these um you know easter eggs or things that you're 
going to see in like the next movie. But I mean, you can't. I mean, they changed how they do it, so obviously it wasn't the same because, you know, what you're used to seeing is you go to a Marvel movie, you watch the Marvel movie, you wait till the very end of the credits, and then they give you, like, what, like a 30-second clip of, you know, something that kind of hints at some other character that might be coming soon. You know, there might be, like, other shit in the background that you're like, oh, fuck, like, you know, that's related to this or that, and... So you're like, oh, you know, there's 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 these things that we might see coming in the in the next movie or, you know, somewhere down the line because it was introduced in this little video. But this one was at the very beginning and it has to do with Deadpool. I mean, some people called it like a like the, the official first Deadpool 2 trailer. But I mean, really, I wouldn't even I call it that end. because it doesn't advertise the movie at all. He doesn't say like well, at the end. I mean, at the very end, but I mean, like, it's actually just what I mean. Way Wilson's basically walking down the fucking street. He sees an old man, uh, you know, getting like strong armed for his properties, like yelling for help in an alley, and like some dude's got a gun pointed at him. And so he like runs over to, like a fucking old school like telephone booth. <laughs> And it's kind of, you know, kind of making fun of Superman because he jumps in this fucking telephone booth and he starts taking off his clothes and trying to change into his Deadpool costume and he's got his, like, butt cheeks pressed against the fucking glass, like, the entire time. Um, and then so finally, like, right before, like, he's getting ready to step out in his uniform, like, the gun goes off. Like, the... This guy's, this old man's yelling for help the entire time. Like, is there anybody out there? Yeah. Help, you know? And so then he finally gets out of the fucking phone booth. And the dude's fucking dead on the ground. Fucking gunshot wound in the belly. And his shit's all fucking thrown everywhere. The bad guy's nowhere in sight. Like, he got away. And he's just kind of like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I guess that's why, I guess I shouldn't do what Superman does. You know? And kind of cracks a joke or two and you know about this dude's untimely demise and find some ice cream that he decides he's gonna eat uh and just kind of like lays there um and that's basically like the end of the segment but what amanda noticed and i didn't notice this immediately because i was kind of paying attention to like i don't know i guess deadpool laying on this dead dude <laughs> is that like in the alley it's the wall behind the phone booth was that what it was yeah so what was it? Firefly posters. There were three of them. And, you know, so, if you know, there's Firefly posters in this trailer. It makes you wonder, like, if uh, Fox is kind of throwing that in there to, like, let people know that the Firefly franchise is coming back. Because we've talked about that previously as to whether or not they were going to reboot the franchise and that... You know, more than likely they were going to be willing to reboot the franchise, but only if Joss Whedon was involved. And then, you know, we talked about like whether or not it was going to be something where is it going to be like a full on reboot, which is, I think, extremely unlikely because of the popularity of all the original characters. And so, you know, whether or not they were going to be able to get like the original cast back. Um I mean, but with that said, I mean, obviously Deadpool is a Fox property and technically so is Logan. So Firefly, I think, kind of falls under that umbrella. And it's one of those, I guess, Easter eggs that, you know, you're used to seeing. Um, although, you know, this particular Easter egg, I don't think has a hell of a lot to do with uh, the X-Men universe or the Marvel universe in general. So... Um, it was cool to see though. <laughs> that would be interesting to put. They introduce Firefly into the to MCU. To put them into their, yeah, help them out. <laughs> That'd be interesting. I don't know how that would uh, play out. It may have to do something with like alternate universes and fucking time, time terrors and all that bullshit to make that realistic. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Marvel already really has their. They're Nathan Fillion and Chris Pratt, so, I yeah. mean, yeah. essentially the same. You, you can't have two Nathan Fillions, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I mean, really, they, they are, like, uh, similar. Um, 
But uh, I mean, that's that's basically what you'll see at the very beginning of uh, of the movie, right before Logan starts. Um, so I mean, that's cool. But at the same time, we're like, okay, well, shit, it's a Marvel movie. Of course, they're not gonna like you know kind of fuck with what they've always done. And uh, you know, of, of course, there's gonna be you know like some little deal at the end of the movie. Eh, wrong. There wasn't. We fucking waited I and waited. You. I know. I know. Okay. So we go into the movie theater, and Amanda's like, oh, well, there's no video at the end. And I'm like, okay, well, where'd you hear that from? And she's like, I saw it on this fucking, you know, news site that said that it's at the beginning and there's nothing at the end. I said the like, internet. I know, the internet's fucking told you that, but I'm just like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to, you know, yeah, some random person said, oh, yeah, there's nothing at the end. But I'm fucking going to find out for myself because then, like, what if they didn't wait the entire time? And they're just like, oh, there's nothing at the end because nothing played immediately after the movie and you know before the credits and so they didn't wait for all the credits and then you don't wait and then you leave and then you find out oh fuck there was a fucking video and i didn't get to see it because i listened to some fucking you know random random place that said oh yeah there's nothing at the thing but like you don't know who that person is to know that well when they're a nerdy blog slash podcast they well, tend to stay to the end so. well, okay i was just i fucking was holding out hope that like you know they were completely incorrect and that i could fucking you know see this i mean you know it's just how I, many I marvel movies do it because of the way the movie ends there's no way you could add an ending, an end credit scene to that, and I think they probably put the Deadpool thing up there to be funny because that movie, you're gonna need it. Was a downer. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that is it. I mean, I thought that they could have done something on a serious note. I mean, not every ending, you know, little scene has to be like, oh yeah, yeah, oh that was so funny, we, you know. I mean, it could have been. Something on that serious note that has something to do with, like, the possible blending of the X-Men universe and, you know, the existing MCU as it relates to the Avengers and Homecoming and all these other things. We'll get more into that. Unless they're not ready to go there, and that's why they didn't do it. Right. I mean, I know they're kind of, like, leading up into the Infinity War, and we have Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 coming out. We have Spider-Man Homecoming coming out, and, you know, obviously... There's this Logan movie that, you know, doesn't necessarily fit into that per se, um, you know, but there are a lot of characters that you do see in the movie that might have some bearing down the line and like the possible blending of Fox's properties with the MCU as a whole because, you know, now Marvel is involved creatively you know in the development of so logan and now spider-man with how they were able to you know basically borrow him for uh the last captain america movie so i mean it's not out of the question that with all of these other characters introduced that we could end up seeing you know um this universe blended with the existing universe that we see with captain america and everything else which i think is like you know, something we are going to see down the line, but it's just a question of when. But it can't be too far away because, I mean, fucking Hugh Jackman is not a spring chicken. Well, mm. I think they're trying to fix their their X-Men movies first. I mean, this is a good first step. The other ones... I mean, but how many X-Men movies do you make before you justify putting Logan or, you know, Logan or Wolverine into in, into the rest of the movies? You don't necessarily have to remake... I'm All not of the X Men movies. Put him too. into the movies. I'm saying they're trying to fix their movies to make them a better quality before they blend them in with the rest of the franchise that already works so well. I mean, X Men movies always suck. I mean, people go see them and then they suck. But this it, one doesn't suck. So that I think with Marvel being in it more, they're actually trying to make good movies for their X Men characters. Um, I mean, I agree to a certain extent. But disagree on, like, the fact that they're not going to incorporate an entire X-Men ensemble cast in the existing MCU right. when you're when you're talking about, you know, the entire Avengers cast that is already fucking commanding a ton of money along with any other, you know, characters that are going to get sprinkled into it. Um, you know, like all these other characters that we're going to see at some point, like with the introduction of Cable and Deadpool 2. 
or um you know with obviously like spider-man you know getting his own standalone um you know there's i i, I think that yeah sure they want to make these movies better which is obviously evidenced in logan and you know that they do have a fuck ton of incentive to do right by deadpool 2 and keeping um i don't know the magic of, of part one intact you know going forward and so with them basically doing insanely well with this logan movie then that opens up the possibility of like a logan deadpool crossover which ryan reynolds is trying to get happening um you know but then you hear stories about whether or not hugh jackman is actually really wanting to reprise his role Oh, for see how he could. for that Deadpool role, and we'll get into that Amanda's comment in a second. Uh, you know, he's kind of like, I don't know if I want to, you know, do this Deadpool crossover or not. So, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where he said, "Yeah, sure, I'm up for doing a crossover," but Hugh Jackman's thing is, is he he basically wants to be involved in the in the greater MCU. He wants to he wants a movie where he's where he's with the Avengers. He wants an Avengers movie. So you know, I mean whether Ryan Reynolds can convince him to do a Deadpool 2 crossover remains to be seen, but Hugh Jackman has basically said that the only way he's coming back is for an Avengers movie. So that may or may not happen. Maybe they're willing to make that happen on some level we'll see that might be hard based on what we tell you about the movie um so i mean i do you want to kind of start off with like the beginning of the movie or you want me to just get into it go for it i'll comment <laughs> okay so um you know basically the movie starts that i mean logan does look very aged um weathered even uh he's driving a limousine and uh you know it shows him going like to and from you know the border a lot uh with mexico and whatever and uh you know basically like living a rather monotonous life um and so you know during this movie he's basically like living out of his he's well not necessarily living out of his limousine but you know he's having to you know spend the night uh in like you know shady places to get some sleep in his limousine you know between work um and at one point in the movie, they're trying to steal the rims off of his car, uh, and these are like That's the beginning these, part of the movie, right? I mean, these are these are gangsters and stuff, and so you know he tries to talk to him like, "Hey, look, you know you're gonna fuck up my wheels," in uh, which case, I mean, obviously they don't know who he is, and they fucking shot him, and um, you know he gets back up rather slowly, you know, not like the Logan you're used to seeing where he gets shot and just kind of like springs back up. You know, he he gets back up and um you know they kind of kind of start to kick his ass i mean he was taking a little bit of a beating even with uh you know his claws out um but then when they try to shoot him again and they end up uh shooting his car which he was actually trying to protect i mean they're trying to shoot him and he actually took rounds on purpose so that his limo didn't get shot because that's like his livelihood but at one point when they missed and it didn't hit him and it hit the fucking car, he just lost it and, like, killed, like, four of them. I mean, you see fucking limbs flying everywhere and, like, his claws going into people's heads and shit. I mean, like, the blood and everything. It was, was fucking... a good way to start the movie. I mean, it really does set the tone, you know, for what people expect from the Logan movie. Because you're like, oh, yeah, it's got the R rating, so we're going to get to see, you know, some, like, legitimate action scenes. Um and you do get that you know that's that's what happens these fucking gangsters try to jack wolverine and uh you know get a fucking you know get uh get a wake-up call like uh like wolverine can give and uh you know so he ends up killing several of them before uh you know jumping in his limousine and and leaving the area um you know eventually uh he makes it uh back down into mexico and you kind of see um like where he's staying which is like a it's like an abandoned like steel processing plant that's like owned by some company uh in china or something like that but it's obviously abandoned uh and they're living there um it also introduces uh the character caliban it's like a 
his uh, or his ability <laughs> abutant <laughs> his ability is uh mutant tracking and uh you know he's basically all wrapped up uh kind of like if he was you know prepared for the heat and not wanting to get sand in his face which you know in in, in the setting yeah it's hot there you're just kind of like huh why is he wrapped up like that but like if you're not familiar with caliban's character essentially he's like fucking uh, albino. Yeah, I mean, he's an albino. He's basically like fucking powder. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's definitely like super albino status. You know, the sun burns the living shit out of him. And so that's the purpose of him being wrapped up like that. Um, but essentially, he's been helping Logan take care of Professor Xavier. And so Professor Xavier lives in a different living quarters from the rest of them. Um, there's like a downed water tower that's next to this industrial building that um, him and Caliban live in and they're basically you know taking turns taking care of him like in shifts um later on you see that logan is basically trying to save up as much money as possible from doing these limousine rides and stuff like that to try to get this boat to you know basically like take the professor out and you know like live ha happily ever after or just you know be able to take care of the professor without him possibly hurting anybody they kind of make some references to some other locations in the united states where stuff happened and and so it's loosely going back to and, and you see it a couple of times during the movie where um the professor seems to have some sort of like degenerative mental condition where he has caesar he has seizures or he gets freaked out and like kind of forgets what he's doing and uh when that happens like his powers just run wild and obviously we know that professor x is like one of the most powerful mutants and so his mental ability just kind of like freezes everybody in place um and it's it's uh it's like you know, they're having an earthquake but not really moving like they just right it's like an earthquake but nuts. they're completely still it's like being like completely trapped in your own mind like you can't move at all and so um you know obviously with with that happening people stand still and, and and to a certain extent but like cars and shit can still move so like when that happened like there were cars crashing and all this stuff happening and like um it was it, it was crazy to see that you know you could see charles losing it like he's talking to himself like he's obviously like picking up radio signals and he thinks he's like talking to people he's like repeating commercials and stuff like that yeah um you know and he absolutely has to have this medicine that logan's working for so logan's trying to save money to get professor the professor somewhere else like on a body of water where he can't hurt people if he if he loses it um but at the same time he's also having to use some of the money uh to get medicine for the professor so um you know it, it's you, you can tell he's like barely scraping by and uh that's uh i mean I, I guess that's like the premise of you know like wolverine's story leading up to that point and that uh you know the little help that he has is you know coming from coming from caliban who's kind of at his wits end with everything because he's kind of like hey i signed up for this but i didn't really sign up for this you know, it seems like he's doing more the the caretaking work because Logan's the one that's out there doing the money work so they can keep living. You know, yeah, just living. So from that point, um, you know, you kind of get a good idea of you know how they're living life, which I mean isn't very well. I mean, they're basically scraping by, and you know, the the professor's in bad shape. Logan's not in that great of shape, you know, it looks like, you know, Caliban's, you know, kind of concerned about, you know, where he stands in, in the plans for all of this, because he's like, hey, look, dude, you want to fucking buy a boat and leave with the professor, like, where do I fit into this fucking equation? And he's like, obviously, I can't go out in the, you know, go out in the middle of the ocean with all the sun. He's all, what am I supposed to do? Like, just be below deck, like, you know, for the rest of my life, um, you know, and so he realizes that, you know, although he is helping the professor and logan at the same time like he's not necessarily being included in like the overall plan of like what happens after you know logan's able to uh you know afford this you know getaway you know and take the professor away and you know you kind of see like a sort of like a like a father-son love i mean that's always been how 
I mean, even in the comics, you know, Wolverine does listen to the professor and the professor really does care, you know, about, about Wolverine, you know, but Wolverine's a stubborn, <laughs> stubborn dickhead and, you know, kind of does his own thing all the time. And, you know, in some ways, you know, kind of treats, you know, his parent, you know, badly because he you know, is going to go do his own thing, you know, by not necessarily listening and, you know, paying him any mind. But at the same time, like has, has a strong, you know, love and compassion you know for the professor and that kind of translates in the movie where you know he sees that then you know the professor is hurting and you know you could tell like that there's like a genuine you know concern for how long he might be around which even the professor at one point like when he's in his moment of clarity is like i don't want to live like this you know how long have i been in this freaking water tower this isn't this isn't living. You're just waiting for me to die. You know, yeah. and, and, um, you know, you get a glimpse of this bullet, you know, that, uh, Logan's carrying around, which is basically an adamantium round, which is like an anti Wolverine round, I guess. And, you know, you're like, okay, you know, Caliban basically is like bringing it up like, Hey, uh, you were going to tell <laughs> me at some point that you were planning on fucking shooting yourself with this bullet. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, it's obvious that, Logan's kind of on that border, you know, like with, you know, can I keep, can I keep doing this, you know, or should I just fucking end it all? But I think ultimately the one thing that kept him alive is the professor. If the professor Mm -hmm. wasn't around, I don't really think he would have a reason to live. But then you see the introduction of X-23. He is working, uh, Logan's working and he's uh provided initially i thought he was like attending a funeral from afar but he'd actually uh transported that's what the trailer makes you think right and yeah that, that's what they make you think but it turns out that he's not attending somebody's funeral from far away he's actually transported somebody there to um this uh you know this funeral and a lady knows that he's there um is asking him for help it's a spanish-speaking lady i mean she's bilingual but um, asking him for help and uh, he's basically telling her to fuck off he's not going to help her to get away from me and and uh you know so when he ends up leaving um the lady is uh pulling away and you get a glimpse of you know this little girl who ends up being like x-23 in the back seat and he's kind of just like you can kind of tell he's like confused like why is this freaking lady coming to me asking for help and she's got this kid um but that's that's pretty much all you hear of it but then um you know there's a scene not too long later that i mean obviously he's gotten paid he's got to connect with somebody at this hospital he goes down there he meets with this dude and he like it looks like a drug buy which i mean technically it is but like it's not for illegal drugs you know logan's not a junkie he is an alcoholic but he's not a junkie um and so he buys these drugs but it's for the professor and um you know so that's what you know he's he's working to get these drugs so that he can provide them to the professor to kind of suppress the seizures and kind of keep his abilities under control because the professor loses them easily and um you know you find out later in the movie that basically the world has classified the professor's ability as a weapon of mass destruction because of the level of carnage that can be caused from his inability to control his powers yeah, whatever he did in that one place that they kept coming back to, whatever it was, the New York, wasn't it? Yeah, like in the East Coast somewhere. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that's basically why Logan's got to hide him out, is, you know, if if, if uh, the professor loses it, they'll be able to know that, you know, he's there, and obviously people are going to come for him. And so, you know, Logan's basically dedicated his life to protecting the professor. Um. You know, but then there's the introduction of X X twenty three. These people are after this lady, um, and one of those people that uh, is after um, this lady, um, he is played by Boyd Holbrook, who plays Pierce, and basically he's like a ex military dude that um, runs around with a a bunch of Reaver guys that are trying to find um x23 and uh and that's basically all of it and he's like hey 
Logan, huge fan, but you need to fucking tell me when you find this lady because this doesn't have anything to do with you. Um, you know, we can make it about you, but if you can cooperate with us, then, you know, no harm, no foul. Logan basically pretends like he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about, and, you know, the movie moves on. Later on, like, it seems like he's, like, kind of an Uber driver, you know, because he gets some yeah. notification to pick somebody up. He goes to pick him up at this hotel, and then it's that lady again with that girl again, and, uh, you know, she's basically like, hey, look, I'm being chased by these people, so I need you to get them to a uh, safe place. And so the safe place um, is a place that the lady was calling um, Eden and was basically yeah. saying, hey, look, we need to get them to a place in, like, North Dakota because there's this safe zone, like, north of there, which obviously is Canada. Um, so I guess she gives them coordinates to this place that she wants them to go to, but... That's like a two-day drive and like Logan's reluctant about it. But then the lady's like, hey, I'll give you fucking $20,000 right now to take this kid. And once you get him there, we'll also give you another like $50,000, which... 30. Or 30? Was it 30? Okay. Because her total was 50. Okay. Yeah, so she's offering him the 20 there and then another 30 when they get to the location, you know, to do this. And so initially he's reluctant, but at the same time... Now these other people are contacting him about their bullshit and, you know, he's got the professor with him. And so he thinks that, you know, the professor can somehow ended up, you know, getting intermixed with all of this. And, you know, he wants to get out of there as soon as possible and he needs that money to get that damn boat. So he tells them that he'll take them. But, uh, you know, when he is showing up the next day to pick them up to take them. Um, you know, somebody got there first and, uh, that lady's dead. Uh, X-23 is nowhere in sight. You know, the girl's nowhere in sight. And, uh, you know, so he basically just goes back home. Um, but when he goes back home, Caliban's out there and realizes that once Logan's got out of his limo <laughs> and gone into the building that, uh, the fucking trunk's open. And, like, you know, he's looking through all of this stuff, and he realizes, oh, there's a mutant here. You know, because that's what Caliban does. And so he calls Logan over, and we find out that X-23 friggin' stowed away in the limo without Logan even knowing about it. And so um, the professor comes out, and he's like, hey, this is the girl that I was telling you about. I've been talking to her. And, you know, they, they're communicating telepathically. Um, which Logan's kind of like, yeah, 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 right. Because it seems as though he's yeah. under the impression that because of his uh, deteriorating mental state that he's kind of lost like some of his powers per se and that more than likely he's only just talking about himself. You know, because in this world, mutants haven't been born in like the past 25 years and there's very little mutants left. And so, again, he's thinking that, you know, Professor X is... Just kind of like Nuts. off. Yeah. But then you find out, hey, this is the girl. I know all about her. You know, there's more to her than you know. Um, and so that's kind of when you see some of the stuff that you see in the trailer with, uh, you know, her basically like, you know, ripping Reapers apart and, you know, Logan helping, uh, you know, her get away, which obviously is also helping uh, Professor Xavier get away. Um, you know, in the middle of all this, Caliban ends up getting captured and then, which is kind of a big fucking oops because huh. Caliban is a fucking mutant tracker. So they're trying to get away, but Caliban gets captured. And so what are they using to fucking track them down? Huh? Caliban. Yeah. You know, so they're using this friend against him and you kind of find out that Caliban has a little bit of, you know, sketchy past history where he was actually, you know, helping the government at one point to track mutants. Um, and then, you know, they kind of torture him a little bit to uh, get him to agree to help track his friends. Yeah, and they make him all bubbly. Yeah, they fucking expose him to the sun and burns the living hell out of him. And so, you know, he's helping in his own way. Like, he is actually tracking them, but he's only tracking them, like, that's keeping them, like, one step behind. And they finally realize this and, you know, try to take corrective measures to ensure that this dude's actually going to cooperate with them in terms of trying to locate the Professor X and more specifically X-23. Um, and so, you know, they end up on the road, uh, you know, trying to get away from, uh, you know, these forces. And and so that's, uh, you know, basically where, you know, you start seeing a couple of conflicts and, 
you know, them, uh, you know, running into, running into people along the way, you know, helpful people that are, uh, you know, that initially Logan doesn't want any help from, but, you know, the professor is kind of like, yes, we can use a, we can use a bed, we can use dinner, we can use rest, and, uh, you know, that, that's a very sad part of the movie, um, you know, these people end up getting hurt, um, you know, basically being close to them, and these other people being hot on their trail, um, that was, that was probably one of the low points of the movie, not in terms of just like just being bad as much as it was just kind of heart wrenching. Um, Especially when he's talking about what a great night he had. Yeah, um, and, and so you know, toward the end of this whole scene, you know, Professor X is basically talking about how you know it's one of the best nights he'd had in a long time, and um, you know he, he's seemingly talking to Wolverine. He can sense Wolverine, and you know, so he believes that it's him, but it turns out that these fuckers cloned Logan. And so that's how he was able to basically sneak up on the professor and 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 kill him. Um, you know, it was it was kinda like one of those things where we're like, Okay, no no no. They stabbed him, they stabbed Professor X, but you know, he can live through this, you know, like they can get him somewhere and you know, there's no way you know, but he, um Gosh, what's what's the prof- Patrick Stewart? Yeah. Patrick Stewart had said in interviews that like this is my last X Men movie, and it was kind of like fuck. He plays such a good, he plays such a good Professor Xavier. Like, why wouldn't he reprise his role if there's like, you know, the potential to do like an even better movie going forward? You know, with the quality of the Logan movie, right? You know, being so good, but you find out why they fucking killed him. Um, yeah, well, he said he was done, and then Hugh Jackman said he was done. Right. So this is kind uh, of a movie for people that want to be done. Yeah. So, um, you know, with that all said, uh, you know, Wolverine realizes this. Uh, you know, this this uh, clone Wolverine ends up, uh, you know, capturing X twenty three, and so, you know, Wolverine has to, you know, jump in there and and fight this uh, clone version of himself, and. Um, narrowly wins uh by fucking pure luck and um you know they they get away he gets away with x-23 gets away with the professor um and uh you know they end up burying the professor and he's reluctantly decided after you know getting some medical aid to trying to get the x-23 to um to her location, her destination, where he was initially supposed to take her to. He's reluctant because he realizes that she has been, like, a fan of his in terms of, like, the X-Men and, you know, the the fables of, you know, what Wolverine did or actually did. Um, because, you know, there's comic books in the real, the real world about the X-Men, about Wolverine. And so... You know, not only was she looking to him for help, you know, or her guardian looking to him for help, but you find out that she's actually just kind of a fan of his because they're very similar. And, uh, you know, when he's looking through these comic books that she had in her possession, he finds that in one of these comics, the X-Men are looking for this place called Eden. And in the comics, there's a uh, latitude and longitude that are listed in the comic books, which just happen to be the latitude and longitude that he was given by the woman to take them to Eden. And yeah. so he's under the impression like this fucking bitch was crazy the whole fucking time. And I'm supposed to take her to some fucking place that doesn't exist because it's just in the goddamn comic. Um, but uh, as it turns out, you know, once <laughs> the X-23 convinces him to fucking take, uh, take her... Which was actually a funny scene because he, like, she gets fucking pissed at him and just, like, fucking drills him in the face, yeah. like, two or three times. It was hilarious. Um, you know, he's like, okay, fine, I'll take you. Um, so they steal a car and they start driving that way. Um, and eventually, once they make it uh, to this place, lo and behold, um, there's these other kids there. Now, to kind of rewind, you know, very briefly... Um, you know, she was created in a lab along with a bunch of other kids. There was a, you know, big bad company, like so many movies go, that was doing, um, you know, genetic testing to basically 
you know, even though there hadn't been mutants born over the past 25 years, essentially what these companies are wanting to do is make mutants in a controlled environment so that they can use them as weapons. And so X-23 X is one of them, and there were a lot of other kids that were um, made at this facility that are X-23's friends. And so that was her purpose for wanting to get to this location because she believed that they would be there even though we didn't know what the status of those kids was, whether or not they were alive, whether or not they were dead, because her guardian didn't know if they'd ever made it out. So that being said, they get there, and a bunch of these kids are actually at this place, and they make it there just in time because they're about ready to head across the border to this safe zone where um, apparently they have asylum, where they, they would be safe from the U.S. government's reach. Uh, or um, we're assuming it's the U.S. government, but basically these people were like, hey, they're going to enter the safe zone. We're not going to be able to touch them there. So it's like maybe it is the U.S. government, Probably. even though they're supposed to, you know, be some sort of like uh, contractor company working for this corporation. It's yeah. kind of all like loosely like who are they really with <laughs> kind of bullshit. Um, so they get there. And you're kind of like, okay, well, who are some of these kids? You know, are these just random kids? Um, you know, and she and she'd given them names, and she lists off a bunch of the names. And so I couldn't remember all of the names that she listed off when she was talking to Logan, like, in the movie. And obviously, we just saw it yesterday in IMAX. And so, like, I didn't have a notepad to write down all the names she said. But I did refer back to the um, IMDb credits in trying to find some of the names of these kids that she was um, listing off. Well, um, she had a picture of the kids, and there were only, like, five of them that she was saying. Right. And there, I mean, there were only a couple that she was saying, because there were, like, there, there is this photo where she'd taken a photo with some of these kids. There were more kids than those five. There were there were a bunch more. But, I mean, obviously, they're just extras and stuff. Yeah, it seems to me the kids with the names in the credits are probably the ones you need to look for, like, even maybe going forward, if they decide to go forward. Right. And so... Um, you know, when I was looking through the IMDb credits, there were credits for a glowing eyes boy, a bumpy skin kid. And so I was like, okay, well maybe, you know, there, I mean, obviously there's a purpose to that. You know, these are those Easter eggs where, you know, they're in a movie, but they, they have a very vague description of like what their part is. And obviously we might end up seeing somebody with those associated abilities, in a in a future film but you know with glowing eyes boy or bumpy skin kid like it you know it could be a couple could of people be like hooker number two though i mean yeah i mean it very well could i mean yeah they it, have enough of a distinction but they're still not overly relevant right like mutant kid you know but nothing that's going to be important enough to move forward but at the same time it's still worth looking into to figure out you know if they are going to do something with those um but then there was also um, a credit for Lizard Boy, who you saw a couple of times, you know, with some of the other um, other central kid characters that are associated with X-23. You saw him in, like, three or four different scenes. Um, now, there was the character Delilah, uh, Charlotte, Bobby, and Rebecca, and then there was Richter. Now, Richter is one of the main characters of uh x-force and i believe he was also a member of the new mutants um and the thing is is there's a lot of x-force stuff in here because you have richter who um i mean you know kind of just uh, from my memory of uh you know reading x-force comics and I, I really didn't go into a lot of detail with like you know doing like back research on the x-force but as i can recall like richter was like the lead guy like he was the leader in the x-force which i believe would be accurate because in this film richter's kind of the one he's he's the kid that kind of takes charge of taking care of all the other kids and arranging for everything to occur yeah so um richter i, I believe is the leader of the x-force and uh he's got seismic powers and make earthquakes and shit and stuff shake uh and so i was like you know i'm gonna see if i can find uh, you know, some of these characters that are listed on the IMDb credits that might be affiliated with, like, past or present, like, X-Force members. I couldn't really find anybody associated with, like, Lizard Boy, Delilah, or Charlotte, or Rebecca. I did find somebody for Bobby, though. 
So Bobby was one of the characters, I believe, that was photographed with X-23. Um, and you do see some, like, you know, fire, um, fire powers that are, you know, associated with, like, their escape from the original facility. Um, and on X-Force, there's a character named Roberto da Costa, who is also known as Sunspot. And he was an X-Man and an Avenger and a member of the X-Force. So, um, you know, and, and it's worth mentioning also that, um, you know, Wolverine, X-23, Cyclops, Storm, Nightcrawler, uh, Caliban were also all members of X-Force. So some of these kids are going to be members of an X-Force, which also means that there could be some sort of standalone X-Force movie going forward because of the fact that it's introducing so many X-Force characters uh, or even a new mutants standalone, which I think X-Force just kind of has more name recognition, but that's just me. Probably. Put the X in there and people will get it. Yeah. So, um, you know, so the, some of these other characters are probably going to be associated with other X-Force characters. And, um, you know, so, the you know, the whole big ending, you know, is that they're trying to cross this border and, you know, Wolverine's taking them this far, but X-23 is angry with him because even though he didn't take the money, um, you know, that was given to him, he basically lets the kids keep it so that, you know, they can, you know, make their way. Uh, you know, she thinks that, you know, oh, he doesn't really care about me because he's not going with us. She doesn't want him to die because the professor said, hey, you need to make sure that Wolverine lives like, yeah, you know, he's important. Um, and she was doing everything she could to, you know, try to take care of him. And likewise, you know, Wolverine was, you know, Logan was doing the same to take care of her to a certain extent, you know, sometimes reluctantly. Um, but, uh, you know, once, once he realizes that, uh, these forces are basically like right on the kid's trail and are like picking off like random extra mutants, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, throughout the forest, um, you know, he was left with, like, some healing medicine because his healing factor had slowed down significantly in this movie. Um, and so he was in a lot more pain than you'd ever see Wolverine in just because he had... His healing abilities were probably, like, one of the strongest in the Marvel Universe next to, you know, people like Deadpool. Um, so, with that being said, you know, his stuff had been slowing down and it, it's apparent that he's sick and something's causing it, but we don't know what. Yeah, they and, hinted, but never outright said anything. Right. And so, um, there's this green serum that they had used to heal, um, his Logan, uh, was it like a, his Logan clone counterpart? Yeah. So that they can use him later. And so these kids had some of that stuff left and, um, were giving it to him so that he could heal and basically told him to take it in small doses because, you know, big doses were no bueno. You know, but it's Wolverine. You know, Wolverine doesn't listen to instructions. Wolverine does his own shit. And so uh, when he realizes that, you know, these kids are being hunted down and they might not make it, he f he's, he, he fucking runs down there, you know, um, in the shape that he's in and he wasn't doing very good. And so right toward the end when he finally caught up with them, he just takes the whole fucking dose. And then you see, like, the the fresh fucking Wolverine, like, he's completely healed up, you know. Looks like he's ready to go. Very youthful Wolverine, right? Like, yeah. he just looks like he's ready to fucking fuck shit up. And so, he ends up, like, taking out a shit ton of these dudes. And X-23 realizes that, uh, you know, he's there to help after she's all surrounded and shit. Not that she probably couldn't have handled herself, but... Uh, yeah, she did pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the, like, the, the girl did a really good job. Very few lines. Uh, you know, at the very end, she started getting some lines. But uh, I think just in general... They did a really good job of casting this girl as X-23. Like, you... Even even with, like, her lack of words in the movie, you do feel, like, some sort of, like, connection with her as a character, uh, you know, in the movie. And, and even with her lack of words, like, she does... Um... It's I don't know. facial expressions. Yeah. I mean, the facial expressions are there, and, like, she is very similar to Wolverine. Like, he's... Like, oh, no, there's no way, like, she's mine. Like, people are saying that it's my kid. Even the professor's saying, hey, you're, 
you're like, uh, like DNA or like, you know, your, your structure is like the same, you know, and you know, it's just like, he's in denial about it, but then, you know, she's a little bit different from him in that like he has three claws, she has two claws, but she also has these claws in her feet too. But apparently like that has something to do with like, um, you know, like male and female, um, I guess, uh, like cat-like abilities. Like, I, I don't know what, what animal they said it was reminiscent of, um, off the top of my head, but essentially they were saying that like the male, males use, you know, their front claws, whereas like females use their front claws like for attacking, but they use their rear claws for like defense, which is kind of what you saw in the yeah. movies in terms, I think, of what the professor was saying. Um, but, uh, you know, all, all that aside, you know, she could have handled herself. You'll see her in, in a lot of the engagements, um, you know, in the movie, but it was cool to see him basically like swoop in, you know, and, and save her, um, you know, and then assist in saving, you know, the rest of these, uh, the rest of these kids, you know, it all leads back to, he's got a face, um, his clone again, um, and, uh, you know, the, like, you know, the last final battle where he's really getting fucked up because by this point that serum is kind of worn off and now he's really not getting healed. Yeah. Um, and so he's, he takes a, a pretty bad beating. Um, you do get a display of some of the other powers from some of the other, you know, child mutants, um, because they end up, they end up killing, um, the Pierce character, who's pretty much like a central kind of bad guy <laughs> character throughout the whole fucking movie. Yeah, so they he, all ganged up on him. They kicked his ass. <laughs> um, you know, there was like, you know, all those five kids. So it was like, like Richter tries to assist Logan, you know, with, you know, using his abilities to like throw this huge fucking truck on top of, uh, you know, the Logan clone, which basically just slows him down. But then when the kids end up, uh, you know, teaming up on Pierce... You know, there were characters that were uh, uh, manipulating, you know, like their surroundings. Like, you know, we're using like pine needles and sticks and rocks and all this shit and like, you know, getting it all and then like spinning it around like a fucking tornado. So they're able to like manipulate like, you know, physical, you know, physical matter. They had them like tied to the ground. Was it grass? It yeah, like somebody grass. else Somebody else was like manipulating plants and stuff like that. The, the little um, chubby black kid. He could. He was able to conduct electricity. Uh, Pikachu. Yeah, he was able to conduct electricity. <laughs> like completely electrocuted the shit out of like some like machine gunner that was in a jeep. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to think of uh, what else there was in terms of like displayed powers that were seen. Oh, there was the uh, little Hispanic girl that um, could like breathe ice. Uh, yeah, that was cool. That was fucking cool. Like somebody put their hands on her and she fucking like breathed on his arm and like completely turned it into fucking like ice and then just, and psh, broke, just it. broke it and it was crazy um you know so there were some there were some uh you know pretty cool powers displayed i mean obviously like some people probably know a little bit better than i about you know what characters we were looking at uh as far as like their abilities and like how they relate to other you know mutants that you know we you know we could see um i wasn't familiar enough to you know make the connection with it i mean i'm sure if i spent more time i probably could have found out but um it, it was in, it was interesting to see to say the least and i was at least able to find out that one of them was sunspot so um you know they do end up uh you know killing this clone but it's only after x23 uh you know uses logan's bullet to you know put the fatal round in that fucking clone's head yeah um but you know, and then Logan realizes, like, you know, that he really did love this girl in the end. And, um, you know, he kind of comes to this realization, like, oh, this is what the professor has been talking about the whole time. About settling down and, like, having a family and all these things. And it's just sad because, you know, that's about the time that he stopped breathing. And, yeah. and uh, you know, so you're just kind of like... Motherfucking Wolverine does not die. There's you know always what I mean? a moment of clarity before somebody dies. Yeah, and it's it's just like okay, they killed the fucking professor, 
and you know, friend, in, 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 in his the, friend killed himself to yeah. block the... And, you know, we kind of glossed over that, but, like, in this last... Uh, when they had that first engagement um, with the uh, Logan clone, you know, Caliban does basically say, you know, I'm done helping you motherfuckers. And, like, it, during all this distraction, was able to put his arm underneath this gate that he was caged in and drop some grenades that killed him, but, uh, you know, helped a bit, so... Because they killed some of the other bad some, guys. Yeah. So, um, you know, Caliban went out on his own terms without, uh, you know, basically selling his friends out. Or assisting in selling them out any further. So, um, you know, so Caliban's dead. You know, Professor X dies and gets buried. And then Logan stops breathing. And right at the end of the movie, um, you know, the, the kids basically bury Wolverine next to some water on the border between, you know, North Dakota and Canada or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And, uh, you know, continue on their way. You know, Richter's basically like, hey, look, we need to get a move on. And so, you know, they all take off, and X-23 is kind of just, you know, sad, you know, standing next to her father's grave. And, uh, you know, she pulls his uh, cross out of the ground and replaces it over his... Uh, grave as an X, and so you know that there's a lot of finality in that but at the same time we're talking about Wolverine I mean you could sell it as that they thought he was dead right but he could have passed out to a point where his heart rate was so incredibly low that he was dead and that you know, his healing ability was able to kick in, being buried, you know, and that he's able to basically dig himself out. I think that that is a possibility, um, you know, to make another Hugh Jackman, you know, Wolverine happen. Uh, yeah. You know, because... I hope not, though. I mean, not that he's not a good Wolverine, but if they do that, that's that's like everything else. Oh, you're dead, but you're not. Let some people just die. Yeah, I mean, ah, uh, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a, it is a pretty good way to send them off. And it's a big movie to finish all of them off. I mean, yeah, honestly. Um, I mean, it, it really was, you know, X twenty three, you know, could be, you know, the torchbearer to, you know, any future, Wolverine type movies or involvement um you know she was a member of the x-force they'd end up doing an x-force standalone maybe she ends up being in some of these future marvel movies but is she going to be that big draw that people care about probably not i mean like i said like as a character you kind of felt a you know a good connection with her um you know especially you know with with logan or, or you know or hugh jackman in, in the in the film like it it was there, and they did a really good acting job. I mean, just, you know, dramatics, all of that thing combined, you know, it's, it's again, the best X-Men movie to date, but you really can't even call this movie an X-Men movie. It was just a good movie. Well, if they're going to put her in things, I don't think she would be alone. I mean, they would have to put other characters in that people have more of a recognition to. I mean, look at Spider-Man. He's not hanging out on, all on his own in this one that's coming up. I mean... They sprinkle Robert Downey in there. Yeah. And I thought that it looked like the bad guy might have been played by fucking Michael Keaton. I, I, I just caught it, caught, caught a glimpse of his face. I mean, I guess I could just check the IMDb credits to look, but I was just like, hey, is that Michael Keaton? I'm like, fuck, Michael Keaton plays a good bad guy. And he also plays a good good guy, so he's a good actor. So that could end up being a... Well, I'm pretty sure that's going to be a good fucking film. Yeah. So, um, and, and that's basically where it's left off. And so, you know, the movie just fades to black. You know, much like that song that they played in the trailer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are kind of left shocked. Like, is this it? Is this really it? But again, you know, they could be like, oh, you know, we just can't. We just can't let Wolverine die. And in which case, you know, my theory ends up coming into fruition. And, you know, he's not dead. But at the same time, now he's like, okay, I'm not dead. Um, you know, if that were to happen, 
he comes out, I'm not dead, and I want to, you know, click back up with X-23, where is she? How does, how does he find her now? You know, like, she's made her way up north. I mean, he's probably pretty decent in, in general tracking, like, you know, people tracking, like a normal person would do if you were a good tracker, but not like Caliban, you know, where he can actually track mutants. Can't do it with Professor X anymore because he's dead. You know, the, the, tel the, the telepathic ability isn't there. It would be one of those things where you might have to reintroduce somebody like Jean Grey, who has similar abilities to Professor Xavier. But in the previous X-Men movies, Jean Grey becomes uh, Phoenix. So maybe she wouldn't be of help anyways. Or you know, maybe they don't even go that route and they kind of like fragment x-men or kind of just forget about all the other fucking previous x-men <laughs> altogether um you yeah, know and just can. and just move on so you know that could end up being a story where you know we could you know and if that ends up being the story where you see jean gray introduced and she's not the phoenix then you know that could also pertain to the possibility of cyclops not being dead either um you know scott summers and and uh you know just moving forward with some of these other other characters so i mean i think the possibility is there although i don't necessarily think that would be like the premise for our next movie because as hugh jackman said hey look i'm willing to fucking do wolverine again but only if it's an avengers movie although he could have just been saying that in an interview to kind of throw everybody off to the fact that he dies yeah without saying it and so people were like oh yeah there might be a fucking hugh jackman you know wolverine fucking avengers movie and then they see the movie and realize oh shit he's dead so that's not happening or maybe it is you know we won't know unless you know we we fucking hear that he signed some sort of contract for another movie and we're like uh this motherfucker's not playing anybody else but wolverine yeah you know i i even read some story that said like oh he might play uh they might get him as cable now that he's not wolverine anymore and i'm like seriously that, that would be retarded like you know i mean hey ryan reynolds wanted him in a movie right <laughs> so um, you know, that's that's pretty much the whole movie in a nutshell. And I know it seems like we went over a ton of detail, but we really didn't. <laughs> I mean, like, we kind of hit some, like, high points of the movie and kind of, you know, talked a little bit about what we saw. But this movie was really long. This movie was two hours and 20 minutes or something like that. It was a pretty long movie, but it didn't feel long. Um, you know, the movie just kind of went, you know, and then... Before he knew it, it was over, and you're just kind of like, fuck. You know, goddamn, that was intense. There were a lot of happy people in the movie theater. I think that if you go and see it, you will be happy with this movie. Um, don't go into it like, oh, it's another X-Men movie that I might be disappointed with. Like, this is absolutely not your average X-Men movie. I wouldn't even put this in the same fucking category as any of the other X-Men movies. They and need I, to start making more movies like this one, though, if right. they want to keep up with the X-Men, because now everyone knows what they can do. Yeah. They're not going to accept those crappy movies that they've been making. Yeah, and and, and, def and the thing is, too, is I wouldn't even diminish this movie and just say it was a good superhero flick. This was just a good movie. It didn't you know? even seem like a superhero movie. Yeah. It just seems... It was raw. I don't know. It, it just seemed right. I don't yeah, know. it was a raw, dramatic movie that just involved, you know, some people with special abilities. I mean, it, it most definitely was just a generally good movie. I mean, I think even if you didn't like superhero movies per se, and you didn't want to go watch movies like The Avengers or Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that, you could still appreciate this movie on its face by itself. Yeah. I mean, maybe you wouldn't like, like, oh, he's got a clone. He's fighting a clone. Oh. You know, but even still, I mean, just the movie um, in general is just really good. So, you know, with that said, I'd suggest go watching it in IMAX. I mean, if they have it in IMAX 3D, fuck it. YOLO, just do <laughs> it. Um, you know, or if, uh, you know, you're one of those people that's like, well, goddamn, the movies are expensive, then go see it in the matinee. Um, but I would definitely want to see it in the movie theaters. If you're going to watch it the first time, like, I suppose you can wait until it comes out on video, but that's a long fucking time. It won't be the same. Yeah, it, yeah, you want to see this in the movie theater with other people that appreciate this movie. Um, so we went and saw it last night. We enjoyed it. Oh, I, I do, I do want to see it again. And I know a, lot, a couple of people that have already seen it that are already like, I'm down to go, bro. I'll go see it again too. Um, it's that good. So, um, uh, I give it. 
Oh, you, you know what? I can't say I gave it a thumbs up because then Gene Siskel and, you know, from The Grave and Ebert will be like, oh, that's our thing. We copyrighted thumbs up, right? They copyright five stars too? They're like dead, so. Oh, they're both dead too, huh? I don't know. Sure. I was never really a fan of theirs. Like, if it wasn't like some like controversial fucking movie that like was, you know, had some sort of like liberal agenda, like it never got like two thumbs up. It was yeah. like, oh, this movie was okay. Thumbs down. I, I hated those guys. Um, I don't know. I mean, just... Movie's good. Go see it. No thumbs up. No fucking stars. I mean, I guess if you wanted if you wanted to know and you were too lazy to look, um, on IMDb, the Meta score for the film is a 77, which I think is actually kind of low. That is low. Um, and as far as, like... Out of 10 stars, because that's how they do it. Fucking out of 10 stars, it's 8.8. And that's with 43,289 reviews. Hmm. So 8.8 is pretty strong, you know, for uh, for this type of film. Uh, I would definitely go see it. So with that said, um, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been episode 47, Logan Review. Um, I'm Jesse here with Amanda. Yay. Saying thank you for listening and see you later. Bye. Bye.